It is Friday, December 20th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 16 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can also find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with cash game picks, GPP lineups. I will add some showdown notes for the Sunday night and Monday night games this weekend. And even if you're not a DS insider and you can't check out that stuff, you will be able to visit DraftSharks.com and see who we're playing against each other in the next round of the Crown is Ass Challenge come Saturday morning. I finally got back in the win column last week with probably my most productive lineup of the year. The only single-digit scorer was the Philly defense, and obviously playing Kenyon Drake was the key to my victory. Jared, any takeaways from your lineup? Yeah, if I'm going to lose to someone, I don't mind it being Kenyon Drake. I, you know, I love that guy. I'm glad he's finally getting the ball somewhere outside of Miami. So that, that's nice to see. It wasn't nice to see him in your lineup here, but I'm, I was pretty happy with my team here. You know, scored 160 points. It was a profitable week for me in cash games. I, I do think it was a mistake to get off Tyler Higby and go down to Ian Thomas. Um, you know, it ended up being a 22 point difference, which is you know a lot more than I would have guessed. But I, I do think I probably should have found the extra 600 bucks. I think it was to, to stay with Tyler Higby. I of course played this lineup in no other contest <laughs> and made nothing else off of it because I didn't leave myself enough time to. Oh, you beat me. So <laughs> we'll both be back at it for week 16. We'll show you who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftDrugs.com come Saturday morning. Before we get to our main slate picks though, we have a three game Saturday slate to hit this week. We got Texans at Buccaneers. We got Bills at Patriots. We got Rams at 49ers in the night game. Houston Tampa is going to be the obvious focal point here, Jared, especially for quarterbacks. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the only other QB who really makes sense unless you really just want to bet on something that's truly unlikely from these games. Right. I think at this point what I'm going to do, I think I'm actually going to fade Jameis Winston on this slate. Um, you know, just between the price, he's only $100 less than Deshaun Watson. Um, and, you know, at some point, all these wide receiver injuries have to catch up to him. So I think I'm going to end up playing, you know, mostly Watson in tournament lineups. And I do think I'll probably sprinkle in some Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he's only 5500 bucks, so it's a big discount um, from Deshaun Watson and Jameis Winston. And, the, you know, the Niners have a 25.25 point uh, implied total, which is second highest on the slate. So I do think there's definitely some upside to Garoppolo. You know, he, he's had three games of 30-plus DraftKings points this season. Yeah, and even though the Rams remain a solid defense overall, we just saw them do let the Cowboys do whatever they wanted to do last week, so we know that that's possible. Yep. On DraftKings here, I think James White could be a key. He had eight catches against the Bills in Week 4. He had 10 catches in his first meeting with the Bills last year. And even in the quieter game for James White in their second meeting last year, as we mentioned on the Thursday podcast, we had 39 running back carries for the Patriots in that game, six running back receptions in that second meeting with the Bills. So we should see lots of touches for the um, New England backfield. Yep, White worth considering. To me, Devin Singletary is my favorite running back play. Um, obviously not an ideal matchup in New England, but the, the Patriots still are worse against the run than the past. We, we just saw Joe Mixon you know, have 136 rushing yards 
against them. And with Singletary, you just feel safe with the volume. He's played 70 plus percent of the Bills offensive snaps in five straight games now. Average 17 and a half carries and three and a half targets per game over that five game stretch. And you might say, well, what if New England focuses on stopping him? Well, it's not likely to focus on stopping him because they can, New England can win this game going away, even if Devin Singletary rushes for 100 yards, as we saw with Joe Mixon last week. They don't need to stop him. What they need to stop is John Brown, maybe even to a lesser degree, Cole Beasley and Josh Allen's rushing, and then worry about Devin Singletary. Yeah, I mean, I like Singletary, but I don't think he's a guy that, you know, Belichick's going to go into this game game saying, you know, he has to take him away. So I think, again, feel safe with Singletary's volume. Ronald Jones, the other running back I wanted to mention, just 4400 bucks, and obviously not a safe guy. I think he's he's burned pretty much anyone who's tr- tried to play him so far this season. But um, I like the matchup on the ground. Texans have allowed 4.7 yards per carry to running backs over their last five games. And I think Jones has some more pass-catching upside here with all these wide receiver injuries for Tampa. Yeah, and really, there's not a whole lot exciting on the the running back slate here, so it makes sense to maybe pay down and take a shot on somebody where you can, you know, write the upside story for him. And it's also not going to necessarily kill you on the slate if you just get a meh game from one of your players. Right, exactly. At wide receiver, Brashad Perriman's not priced up quite as much on DraftKings as he is on FanDuel. He is up to six thousand bucks. I think the fact that he's not exorbitantly priced here in salary can only boost his ownership, which is already going to be high after the three touchdown, 113 yard game last week. Give me Will Fuller at a hundred bucks less. Give me Justin Watson at 4,600. Give me Kenny Stills at 4,400. And I like Debo Samuel this week who should see Troy Hill's replacement in primary coverage uh, against the Rams. Yep. I'm going to be fading Perriman alongside uh, Winston. So, you know, when, when Winston throws two touchdowns to Perriman in the first half on Saturday, I can just, you know, sort of stop caring about my DraftKings team. So th- that'll be fun. But yeah, j- just the price with Perriman and the ownership, I think he ma- it makes sense to fade him in tournaments. I do like going to Justin Watson instead. Fuller, my favorite tournament play at wide receiver, maybe at any position on this slate, you know, just the upside we know he has. And then the last guy I'll mention, just a super cheap guy, Mohamed Sanu, just 3800 bucks. Um, I, I think he's finally over that ankle injury he had. He ran a route on every single one of Tom Brady's dropbacks last week. And with Julian Edelman dealing with that knee injury, I think we could see Sanu play a pretty big role in this passing game again tomorrow. Yeah, I could see it on this slate. And I mean, you know, lest it sound like we're focusing too much on the own rate for Brashad Perriman, we're talking about a guy who hasn't been very good outside of last week, has been more involved in recent weeks, and obviously the upside's better now with the wide receiver injuries, but we're not you know, simply betting against a highly owned wide receiver. It's taking the chance that a guy who has spent most of his career so far letting people down might do so again. Yeah, I mean, it's really pretty much just an ownership play for me. Like, I, I like Perriman in season-long leagues. I think you, you should probably be starting him unless you're stacked. But, you know, if he's mm-hmm. going to be 35% owned, it's, you know, possible he just doesn't hit, and then you're you're knocking out all those guys who have him. Yeah, we could be looking at even more like 40 to 50%, really. Yep. I think you also fade Tyler Higby for most of the same reasons at, at tight end. You can get to OJ Howard at 4,000, even Cameron Brait, 3,500, and both of the Texans' tight ends, 3,000, 2,900, makes sense on this short slate. Yeah, so OJ Howard at 4,000 bucks, he pops as not only the best value at tight end, but the best value among tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs. So he's a guy I'm definitely looking to get in. And you can even use him at flex. You know, you could use George Kittle at your tight end spot and then flex OJ Howard for just 4000 bucks. I think that makes a lot of sense. I like it. Anything else? 
Nope. Um, I, I think defense, I'm going to try to get up to the Patriots and 49ers, just, you know, two of the better D's in the league playing at home against mistake prone quarterbacks. And I think the other option would be the Texans against turnover machine, Jameis Winston. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, so now let's get to the main slate. We'll start with cash quarterback. And here I like either Carson Wentz at 5,800 or Phillip Rivers, 5,700. Phillip Rivers has been playing not very well for the most part in recent weeks. Oakland is the fourth best scoring matchup for quarterbacks, though, by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. And even when he played terribly in that first meeting, he still finished QB 19. He topped 15 points, certainly didn't win anything for you, but he also didn't kill you that week. Um, if if that $100 doesn't make a whole lot of difference, I think Carson Wentz is playing better. The Cowboys are a neutral matchup there, so I think his floor is higher. Yeah, for me, this week at quarterback, probably more than any other week so far this season, just nothing really stands out as like a big value or a guy you really should be playing in cash games. Um, I, I like both Ryan Fitzpatrick at 6000 bucks and Andy Dalton at 5200 bucks. We have to keep an eye on the weather in that game. Um, you know, If it's going to be rainy and windy, I think you have to get off those guys. I think Lamar Jackson, even at $8,000, is still in play. Um, you know, he's, he's hit three times value at that price tag, which would be 24 points in 11 of his four game, uh, 14 games this season. So he's a safe option. The other guy I think I'll consider is Matt Ryan at 6,200 bucks, just, you know, at home in a good matchup against the Jags. Yep. If we get good weather for that game in Miami, I certainly agree with both Fitzpatrick and Dalton there. So we'll be watching that on Sunday. Cause I, I do think it's going to matter if it, you know, if it's, especially if it's a really wet, windy day. Yeah. I mean, definitely, especially with those two quarterbacks who, you know, are, Definitely capable of turning in duds. I think if the weather's bad, it increases the chances of getting duds from those guys. Yeah, who are basically Xerox copies of each other, too. <laughs> yeah. On the tournament side, I like Daniel Jones at 5900 bucks, and I talked him up on the FanDuel show. I know you said you had him written up over here, so why don't you give us a case for him? Yeah, it, it's really just that he has shown us tournament-winning upside this season. He has three games of 30-plus DraftKings points. And, and as you mentioned um, on the FanDuel podcast, the Redskins secondary is all sorts of banged up. Yeah, it started out bad, and it's got injuries to multiple cornerback spots. So it's a, it's a high upside spot. You know, Daniel Jones has sort of shown us the downside, too. That's why he's a tournament play, not a cash play. Yep. I think there's a chance that he works out for you there, too, though. Yeah, me too. And if you're using Jones here on DraftKings, I like Golden Tate as the stack with him. Um, he's the cheapest among the Giants wide receivers at 4800 bucks. And he, you know, by fantasy points allowed, he has the best matchup um, in the slot against Washington. Yeah, and that's before Washington had to dip down to its third, at least, uh, slot cornerback. So the matchup's yeah. only getting better. And, you know, it could be a matchup that makes the Giants try to target Golden Tate more than usual. Yeah, it should. Over at running back for cash, I think DeAndre Washington is pretty hard to pass up at 4000 bucks. Chargers defense has improved, but still it's a middle-of-the-league unit overall, according to Football Outsiders numbers. For the season, it's still 23rd in the league against the run, and it's 17th in running back coverage, so there's nothing scary there. And with Washington, Oakland has already thrown the ball to him. Even if they fall behind in this game, I don't think it takes him out of the plan. He easily topped Josh Jacobs' season highs in both targets and receptions in his lone start previously in place of Josh Jacobs. So I think DeAndre Washington is a fairly safe bet at 4000 bucks this week. Yeah, 21.6 DraftKings points for Washington in that Week 14 game when Jacobs was out. I think he's a cash game lock. I think Joe Mixon is close to a cash game lock, too. Now that we know this calf thing is not an issue, um, you know he was limited in Thursday's practice, but put in a full practice on Friday isn't listed on the final injury report. So he's good to go. 6,600 bucks. I think that's too cheap considering how good he's been. Mixon 
top six among running backs in carries, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns over the past five weeks. Um, he's sixth among running backs in PPR points over that span. And now he gets the Dolphins. Uh, Miami dead last in DraftKings points allowed to running backs. The Finns have allowed a running back to hit 21-plus DraftKings points in three of the past four weeks now. Yeah, certainly agree with Mixon there. I think we'll get to another couple of running backs in that price range. In the flex section, for the tournament side, Melvin Gordon at 5600 bucks seems like cheaper than he should be. He's projected for single-digit ownership right now, according to FanShare, probably because of two straight relatively disappointing games. Five receptions in each of those games, though. It was a lopsided loss to Minnesota last week. Not surprising that Melvin Gordon's work got cut in that game. The week before against the Jaguars, I mean, we all expected huge things going in, and that's why it seemed disappointing but he was productive in that game he just only got 12 carries because it was a goofy blowout where they had low play volume they kept scoring from long distance on pass plays and then they pulled everybody in the fourth quarter so Gordon just didn't get the touches before those two games he carried 20 plus times in three of the previous four and that's a stretch that included three losses so even if they Somehow fall behind in this game. I don't think Melvin Gordon necessarily disappears. First meeting with Oakland, which they lost. He had 22 carries for 108 and a touchdown. Yeah, I I can't believe Gordon isn't getting more buzz. I mean, to me, he's one of the best values at running back at 5,600 bucks. So the fact that he's you know going to potentially have single digit ownership, I think he's an excellent tournament play. I I I didn't expect a ton out of him against a tough Minnesota run defense last week. Anyways, Um, he topped 19. DraftKings points in three of his previous five games before that. That stretch included that Raiders game. He scored 23.3 points. And this Sunday, you have the Chargers at home. They're seven-point favorites, a nice 26-point implied total. So really just a great spot for Gordon. I think I think it's going to be more of a Gordon game than an Austin Eckler game. Yeah, I think he's worth a look for cash. I think that yep. the matchup gives him tournament lineup upside. Definitely, yeah. Um, I'll mention Devontae Freeman here too. Another guy who I think is in play for cash and probably won't be as owned as he should be in tournaments. 6000 bucks. He's been getting the volume, 15.3 carries, four targets per game over the past three weeks. And he's at home for this Jags run defense. Jacksonville has been right there with Carolina as the worst run defense over the past month now. The Jags have allowed 5.7 yards per carry to running backs over the last five weeks. Wide receiver for cash. Uh, Chris Conley, I, I can't say that I feel great about him. But at 4300 bucks, he was kind of the cheapest guy that I felt decent about. Third in our DK dollars per point rankings. Five plus targets in seven of his past eight games. Seven plus targets in six of those games. He is averaging three and a half catches and 54.8 yards per game over that eight game span. That's like a nine point PPR start, which is a, a good floor to work from. He has actually caught four plus passes in four of his past five games. Falcons come in as a fairly neutral scoring matchup for wide receivers, but we've also seen the upside this season. Certainly not a worrisome unit in pass coverage. And the matchup for Conley only gets better if Atlanta follows what the Vegas line Mm -hmm. says, which is a seven and a half point favorite for the home team, puts the Jaguars behind, and we get more Jacksonville passing. Yeah, DJ Chark is expected back for this game now. To me, that probably takes Conley out of play for cash games. I still like him for tournaments. You know, he's still going to be on the field. You still like him as a cash play with Chark back? Yeah. I mean, most of the target work that he's done lately had came with DJ Chark in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chark coming back definitely impacts Keelan Cole more than anyone else. So I, Conley's still in play. Um, I have Keenan Allen as my cash play here. 6,300 bucks, I think is a good price for the volume he's been getting. Um, he's averaged nine targets, 7.2 catches per game over the last five. Um, 17.7 DraftKings points per game over that span. 
that stretch included the first game against the Raiders. Um, he had eight catches in that one, 16.6 DraftKings points. Um, Oakland heads into this one, um, ranked 25th in DraftKings points allowed to wideouts. On the tourney side, like Keenan Allen's teammate, Mike Williams, at 5000 bucks still, he's $1,300 less than Allen in salary, 500 less than Darius Slayton, who looks similar, but Slayton might be a better target bet. I would not put Mike Williams in the same lineup as Gordon, uh, as Melvin Gordon um, for a tournament because I don't think that the Chargers are likely to be able to support all of those guys with how they're playing overall on offense right now. But I think there's a chance that this game goes either way. And if it's a sloppy Phillip Rivers game again, you know, maybe we get the Raiders uh, jumping out to a lead. Maybe we get more Chargers pass attempts and more stuff thrown at Mike Williams. He was okay on the production front in the first meeting with Oakland on few catches. If you don't want Mike Williams or if you do have a Melvin Gordon lineup, I think going up to Clayton at 5,500 or down to Golden Tate, who you mentioned at 4,800, makes loads of sense. Yeah, and Tate is my guy here. Um, I like that price at 4800 bucks. Tate has just one catch now in each of his last two games, and both of those games came with Eli Manning. Daniel Jones back for this game on Sunday against Washington, as we said. And in seven games with Daniel Jones, Tate's averaged 8.1 targets, 5.1 catches, 64 yards, 0.6 touchdowns per game. He has games of 25.2 and 24.5 DraftKings points over that stretch. So he, he has shown us the ceiling. And again, this matchup with the Redskins banged up secondary, I guess it's going to be Danny Johnson in the slot for Washington. He's an undrafted free agent. That is a made-up player. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> over to tight end for cash. I'm going to start at Mike Jacecki for 3600 bucks unless it's a monsoon in Miami. He leads our DK dollars per point rankings at tight end. He's seen five-plus targets in seven straight games, six-plus targets in six of those. So he's really just a, a good bet for targets at a position where that's kind of the best we can hope for heading in at a good price. Yep, I'm good with Gasecki based on that volume. Um, I'd like to get up to Austin Hooper if I can, $4,400. Bucks. Um, you know, that, that's, he, he was at $6,000 a couple weeks ago. Um, this is his lowest price since week four. And you know he he's done pretty much nothing in his two games back from that knee injury. But in the first game, his snaps were limited. Second game was against the 49ers, who have you know been one of the toughest tight end defenses all year. Hooper's playing time was back to normal last week. He played 82% of Atlanta's offensive snaps. So I think that knee injury sh- should basically be behind him now. And now he gets the Jags at home. And again, you know the Falcons have the big high implied total. Um, and Jacksonville, 31st in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings. Yeah, I agree with Hooper. If I can um, handle the salary space, I would rather go to him than Jasicki in cash. And I would certainly want to get him into tournament lineups. I don't really care what the own rate's going to be on him. I'll check over the weekend to see what it is, but I, I really don't care because he's already shown us the ceiling. He's been terrific for most of the season. You know, you already mentioned the situation they came into the past two games, and they were his only two games all season below four receptions. So I don't even think that's Austin Hooper's floor for this game. Jaguars have not allowed a ton of points to tight end so far. It's because they've played crappy tight ends. They rank 31st in tight end coverage, according to Football Outsiders. Yeah, I mean, kind of easy to forget because it has been a little while, but over the first nine games of the season, Hooper averaged 17.9 DraftKings points per game. You know, he was, I, I believe he was the number one tight end in PPR points over those first nine games. And then he got hurt and killed my best ball lineups. I know, very sad. What else you got at tight end? On the tournament side, I like Hunter Henry, and his price is down to forty seven hundred bucks. And even he's only three hundred bucks more than Austin Hooper. He's five hundred more than Jacob Hollister, who I, you know, I like Hollister. He's going to be chalky though. I think you know going to Hunter Henry 
in tournaments at much lower ownership might make sense. Henry's done basically nothing in the three games since the Chargers buy has just six catches on nine targets over that span. But that has its price down again to its lowest point since week seven. Henry's playing time has, has still been fine in those three games. It really hasn't changed. So I think he's you know definitely a strong bounce back candidate. And the matchup here is good against Oakland. 22nd in DraftKings points allowed to tight ends. You're going to play Hunter Henry over Austin Hooper at $300 less? Again, I want to see the ownership. I think Hooper is going to be pretty popular. I mean, if I can get Henry at half the ownership, I'll, I'll have both of them. I'm definitely going to have some Hooper, but I think mm-hmm. Henry makes sense too. I got gotcha. you. Uh, over at Flex, Devontae Freeman, you mentioned 6000 bucks. think he looks great here. Miles Sanders, 6400 looks good. What have we? What's the latest we've heard on Jordan Howard as of right now? The last we heard was, I think, uh, Peterson said status quo. You know, he st- still hasn't been clear for context. I, I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, it certainly doesn't bode well for Jordan Howard returning. So, yeah, both of those guys in the same price range as Keenan Allen at 6300 Kenyon Drake's there at 6300 Certainly not as safe a bet for touches or production as the other guys. But, you know, we've seen the ceiling at this point. And then I think Darius Slayton's in play if he didn't use him at a wide receiver spot for 5500 Yep, I like those guys. For me in cash, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play Joe Mixon and DeAndre Washington. And then in the flex, it's either going to be Devontae Freeman or Melvin Gordon. I, I think I slightly prefer Freeman, but he's $400 more expensive. So if I need the savings, I'll go down to Melvin Gordon. In tournaments, I do think this is a week that you could play a tight end in the flex box. I do think... Austin Hooper, Jacob Hollister, even high ownership, I think makes a lot of sense. Hunter Henry at 4,700 bucks makes a lot of sense. So I think, you know, one of those guys in the flex could work in tournaments. And then I'll mention Terry McLaurin too. Talked about him on the FanDuel show, but um, 6,200 bucks. He's shown us upside all season. I think Dwayne Haskins is playing better. And this this giant secondary without Janoris Jenkins is, is very burnable. I don't know. I'm scared of that in a PPR format. McLaurin? Yeah, yeah, he's not going to catch seven or eight balls, but um, you know, he he can get that hundred yard bonus. He can score you a touchdown. Certainly possible. Defense Raiders at twenty three hundred bucks against a very shaky Philip Rivers. I think maybe it makes sense to toss the Raiders defense into a Mike Williams lineup because the scenario where you get more targets for Mike Williams gets more likely. If the Raiders defense gets an early pick six like it did against Phillip Rivers last time, or if, you know, Phillip Rivers is just generally giving stuff away to the defense and putting the other team ahead and, you know, thus digging a hole for the Chargers and requiring more pass attempts. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll never argue too hard against a, a cheap defense. I, I don't think Oakland's very good and, and they're on the road, so I don't love the spot. But, right. I mean, if if you love the rest of your lineup and you can only fit Oakland, I think they're okay. I, I would rather get up to Washington. You know, even with that banged-up secondary, I still think they're sack and turnover upside here against um, Daniel Jones. Redskins are at home, and they're actually two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, which is, is surprising. I agree. It is surprising. I think the Giants <laughs> are also in play at 2,800. I would rather not play them. I think the Eagles are in play at 2,500 because of Dak Prescott's shoulder situation. Uh, Still not throwing on Friday. You know, there's certainly a low floor for that matchup against Dallas, but I, I have to think that even if Dak Prescott you know, plays and they're throwing like usual, there is a little bit more upside than, than there would otherwise be. Yep, I like that call. The Eagles are on my radar. Um, I'm, I'm going to mention the Steelers, too, as I think I do most weeks. 11-plus um, DraftKings points in 10 different games this season. Now they get the Jets. I mean, you know, we know Sam Darnold can turn the ball over, and this is a big mismatch as far as Pittsburgh's pass rush versus the Jets' pass blocking. I think there's big sack upside for the Steelers here. And I'll also say if you have the salary space, the Colts at 3,300 against the Panthers, Broncos at 3,500 against the Lions, uh, both very attractive versus young inexperienced quarterbacks. 
Yep, agree. I mean, they've both been priced up, the Colts especially. But, but, you know, you love the matchups for both of those defenses. And that's going to do it for this Week 16 edition of our DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full Week 16 rankings. Mess around with the Lineup Builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, and customizable strategy options. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who we're playing against each other in the next round of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 